Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The first tee honestly isn't nerve-wracking at all. It's the 36th tee or the 72nd tee or you know what I mean? All right, folks, thanks for downloading another episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Fonseca, editor-in-chief over at golfunfiltered.com. You can follow me on Twitter at golfunfiltered. You can send me an email at the new email address, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Today, I'm happy to welcome Mr. Will Wilcox from the PGA Tour onto the show. Will, how are you today? Good, good, yeah. Um, I'm having a good day. I got into the Valero tournament Um on Tuesday, and uh, yeah, I'm actually in the golf tournament. I'm 156th man out of 156, so it's a good day. Nice. And we were talking a little bit before we got going here, but uh, as you mentioned, you were the last man in. Uh, so you're down mm-hmm. in San Antonio. We want to make sure that we get you out in time to go to a couple things tonight. You got a fajita cookout to go to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm getting a ride with Smiley, um, so nice. I don't want to be uh, late to that. But uh, no, I mean, it's not anything too. Too pressing though. I'm 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 fine. I'm a talker. Nice, nice. Well, we're glad to uh, have you on, and thanks so much for coming on. You know, Willie, we were talking a little bit beforehand. You know, obviously, you've got uh, a huge following on social media. You know, a lot of guys like to talk to you, and I think a lot of that is because you're so responsive on social. You know, it, with your opinion on social media in general, I mean, do you feel that this is a good thing for the game that golfers are interacting more with fans because you seem to do it quite often? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely directed or it's um, affected me in a very positive way. I mean, at first when I was you know younger and in Twitter was in its early years, I mean, I thought it was you know a little bit lame. But um, and I remember my dad when I first turned pro was saying how important all this kind of self marketing stuff was. Excuse me, and um, it's been it's been a really great thing for me. I'm I'm really glad that I've you know uh, started embracing it. And uh, so um, I think it's great. And, uh, I mean, it doesn't take much time. Um, and I've, like, <clears throat> I guess I could say groomed my, you know, fans slash followers into not really abusing me when I play bad. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's huge. I mean, when you hear nothing but negative stuff coming at you, I mean, you can be turned away from social media pretty quickly. But now it's just so cool how um, when I play poorly, nobody's, coming at me um fairly emotional person so it's never nice to hear anything um like that and so um so yeah i I think it's wonderful and i think guys should embrace it more i mean there's more off course opportunity and you know people want to hear from you anyway so good deal and and like i said i think a lot of that goes hand in hand with just being engaging with your fans like you are very much so and you and i chat every so often on twitter and I think what I really like about your social media presence is you really just take it to the level of, hey, look, I'm a regular guy. This is the type of stuff that I do. Here's a video or two of my swing, which we'll get to your golf swing in here in just a little bit. But when there are those instances when players perhaps 
you know, dislike social media. And certainly I'm not asking you to name any names or anything like that. But certainly there's some, yeah. some some occasions when some other guys on tour don't embrace it as much. Why do you think that is? Is it because solely of all the haters and the trolls that are on social, or is it something different? Um, I mean, I think it's a lot of the just older, old-school guys. You know, a lot of guys are just set in their ways. I mean, you know, you do it one way. Um, I'm like uh, – I'm definitely, a, I would say, part of the younger generation, so it's uh, – Although I feel like an old guy sometimes out here with all these young dudes, but uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah, people are just stuck in their ways. I mean, you know, and they're like, I don't care what these people think, type stuff. Um, so it's just uh, whereas I kind of do. So it's just, um, people just don't just don't pay attention to it. I mean, you know, a lot of people, the big time guys. I mean, they have someone running it for them. Um, you know, and there's just the, the financial gains that you can get on tour i mean a lot of guys like i was trying to get bubba watson to respond to me last week and uh just for the heck of it and um so yeah it's a situation where these guys just uh i mean my buddy uh marino um i'm not saying anything bad about him but he he just has no interest in it i mean you know he's he's 35 six seven years old and i mean he just has no interest in it he doesn't see any positives in it but i do i mean it's just personal preference but uh it's been it's been a great thing for me and you've certainly embraced it as we've said a couple times and you know will one of the things that you do uh showcase a lot on social not only on twitter which listeners you can follow will if you don't already at will wilcox golf uh, but also on instagram you're very uh you're very active on that and you have a lot of videos of your golf swing and it's just a swing that i would say I would classify it as a, as unique. Would you, would you classify your own golf swing as maybe a little bit unique from some of the other more mechanical ones out there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's, it's worked great and it's worked poorly and it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I sometimes wish that I was one of those guys that could have their swing coach come out and bam, they're playing well. Um, but then other times it's, you know, being a field player is, uh, you know, it's got its ups and downs. I mean, I had that great year in 15 where I was in the top couple of ball striking and, you know, led a lot of categories and stuff. And, um, I just grew up on a little course in Alabama and my mom was a pro and, uh, she just, you know, handed me a club and, you know, we just kind of went nuts. So, I mean, I just played, I'd always played by myself and she wasn't overbearing or anything. So my, my swing just kind of became what it was and it just, just kind of happened. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was never somebody that could. Uh, if if I go to a swing coach or get too many tips, then I really struggle with um, with it. So um, I've had guys tell me that I needed to change it, and you know, but then, but then, you know, it's really supported me. Uh, the, the the golf swing that I have is, you know, I'm I got a house and stuff, <laughs> so <laughs> right. it's just a situation where you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any drastic changes at this point. I mean. If, when I was in my early twenties, people definitely wanted to break it down, but, um, you know, luckily I didn't really do much. I mean, I, I just saw a direct correlation of playing poorly after someone made some sort of genius tip. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I felt the same about my game and believe me, I'm nowhere near your caliber and it's just something that gets annoying when people are trying to throw in anecdotes or tips when you're really not asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's definitely my own and, uh, but it is cool how a lot of the players and um, fans and stuff, they, they seem to kind of gravitate to my swing. I mean, a fairly emotional player and stuff. But, uh, yeah, like I can hit the ball really, really low, and, and uh, a lot of the older guys really 
think that's uh, a good kind of lost art that not a lot of guys uh, do. And that DeChambeau, he can hit a little bullet, though. Um, he's <laughs> probably the youngest guy that I know that hits the, the stinger. And uh, but yeah, I, I love the I love the workability of of, of my swing <clears throat> swing, and I just hope it you know can get rolling again soon, like uh, so I can you know start reeling some good finishes in. And you've had some great finishes in your career. You know, obviously in 2015, you shot 67 in the final round at the Barbasol. And in 2015, as many listeners, and Willie, you got to understand, the listeners to this show, they're a bunch of gearheads. They're golf nerds just like you and me. And they'll know yeah. and they'll remember that you finished second in the all-around uh, ranking on the PGA Tour between Jason Day and Jordan Spieth. So obviously, not to mention in 2013, you shot 59 with that golf swing. So obviously it's doing a little bit yeah. something for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but there's definitely been more ups and downs. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, realistic about things, and you know, it's just kind of like whatever. You know, if I can continue, if I can pay my bills and live comfortably, and you know, go where I want to go, uh, you know, through my golf swing, then I'm gonna just keep doing it, and I'm just gonna ride it until it bucks me, and you know, yeah. whatever. If that's thirty five, thirty eight or 48 or whatever I don't, I don't really care i mean i just i just feel lucky to have been able to do it as long as i have at this point i mean i i was able to live out my 20s uh playing pro golf so i think that's something a lot of people wish they could do absolutely and and you had mentioned earlier that you are down in san antonio for this week's valero texas open and hopefully we're going to see a lot of good things from that golf swing but you know well one of the things i've always mentioned or wondered i should say about these weeks you know you, you got in a little bit later uh to the tournament it's obviously we're recording this on a tuesday tournament starts on thursday what is what has your week been up to this point is it you know pro-ams is it media events what, what have you been doing for the last couple of days uh, I mean, you know, Easter was Sunday, and I flew out. You know, I played golf. Uh, well, no, I guess I didn't play. I practiced in Bama. Um, I mean, I, I live in Jupiter, but uh, my girlfriend's in Birmingham, and uh, so I was seeing her, her and her family and my family and stuff for uh, for um, Easter. And then I flew out here late in the day yesterday. So, um, yeah, Monday is always a travel day, sometimes Tuesday, depending how far I have to go. Um, got to the hotel somewhat late. Um, got up, got out to the course as early as I could, and you know, on the range early in the day. You know, we were on the range for 25, 30 minutes before I played. Everybody's like, "Are you going to get in? Are you going to get in?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." And uh, you know, it's just funny how kind of the mood changes around you. You know, because I got the call. You know, as I was hitting three woods, and uh, I just kept my phone in my pocket, and I was like. I felt it buzzing, and I was like, "Please be the PGA Tour, please be the PGA Tour," <laughs> and uh, and it ended up being them. So, um, you know, when you get that call when you're on the cusp of getting in or not, um, I, I mean, it's very rare that the first alternate doesn't get in, um, especially in a tournament that's you know not a Hilton Head or uh, you know Bay Hill or something. Um, so uh, I felt pretty good about it, but still, as the minutes tick away, you know, the stress kind of goes up. Right. Um, because it was gonna, I was gonna have to go over to the Web event in Indiana, which wouldn't have been the end of the world. I wouldn't care. I mean, I'll, I'll go play the Web. I, I actually enjoy playing the Web, um, especially the events that are in, you know, the domestic tournaments. They run really well. Not that they're not run well in South America, but um, it's just a lot more comfortable, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a cluster, uh, not knowing if you're gonna get in. But I am now, so you know, I can just kind of relax and enjoy the, enjoy the, the experience. 
I love how you say you're going to relax now. And, and, you know, obviously, if I were to step up to the first tee at a PGA Tour event, I'd be shitting myself. But, you know, you're going to go out and enjoy yeah. the experience, which is great. And... I think I've played 60, 65 or so at this point. I mean, the first tee honestly isn't nerve-wracking at all. It's the 36th tee or the 72nd tee or, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the first one, I mean, you can make a 12 on the first hole. Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, hole right. one has no bearing on the finish of the golf tournament. Really, your front nine um, has no bearing on the on the tournament. I mean, you don't want to shoot 50, obviously, <laughs> but you, you definitely you, – you don't want to lay an egg, but, you know, you can just kind of – that's that's something that the veterans have always told me. Is you just don't get too worked up about what happens on the opening nine. you got plenty of time. So in the course that you're going to play at, of course, is the TPC San Antonio. Have you had a chance to get a good look at the course for this year? You said you were out there practicing already, but uh, what can uh, yeah, fans expect? Today. You played 18 today. What What are some of the holes that you yeah. feel are going to be the biggest turning points, at least in your game, but maybe even the tournament? Um, let's see. A couple goofy par five. Eight's kind of a hard par five. Um, I mean, it's just a solid course, um, and it's uh, – you know, you don't, if you hit it in the woods, um, it's rocks and really low hanging trees and, uh, you're kind of in jail. It's where Kevin Don made the 16. Right. Um, but, it, but Kevin Don actually coincidentally is the guy who withdrew today that, that let me in. Interesting. Um, so yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 16, um, you got like a birdie par four on, I mean, 18 is a great par five, uh, but 16 is the, the hole with the, the bunker in the middle of the green. Right. Um, so that's kind of an iconic uh, feature. Uh, I, I always feel like 16 and 18 are, are very pivotal. Uh, pivotal. Um, but, uh, you know, as long as you just keep it out of the trees or, keep, you know, keep it out of the kind of the desertish stuff, um, you know, you, you can get this course. I mean, it was a warm day and the wind was hardly blowing today. So, I mean, you know, today was kind of like fake, fake golf, but it was still, you know, you got to get it around and see the course. But, uh, I mean, it's it's fairly long, um, but yeah, those those finishing holes are are the ones where it goes down. So it's let's say it's Thursday afternoon. You've just finished your first round. How do you unwind after that first couple of rounds uh, in the tournament? I just drink a few beers. <laughs> um, Amen to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I definitely like to have a couple beers. I mean, I'm not. I told my girlfriend, when, uh, and we're we're gonna actually get married in the next year. She'll be a fiance soon. Uh, I told her she would never see me blackout drunk, and that's definitely the case with me. I I tried that stuff when I was younger, and now I just I know my limits, and I'll have two, three, maybe four beers over a couple hours, sit by the pool, you know, I got to eat with some buddies, um, and just chill. I don't really grind. Um, I do that enough of that when I'm home, and um, you know, if there's something tempo wise I, you know i may hit range balls for half an hour after i play but um my i take a fairly leisurely approach to it and it's worked fine to this point so i'm gonna keep doing it and uh but yeah i just i like to drink beers after the round <laughs> i mean not not too many but you know what i mean if you, if you have six or seven I mean, over a three-hour period you're an idiot, but you know <laughs> what I mean. yeah i hear you loud and clear man uh so yeah are we gonna see you at any point in uh sbk I don't know, 2018. You said you're riding with Smiley today. Is he going to invite you out there? Or are those guys getting a world yeah. of them, th- themselves? Oh, I'm good on that. Um, <laughs> they, they can have they can have a big time. Um, and if you're going to have some friends, I think Smiley picks some good ones. Um, <laughs> so uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, they're they're a good bit younger than me. Um, yeah. I'm not really in their generation, but uh, or I mean, maybe their generation, but not their like their squad. Right, um, right. They they all played at the big D1 schools. They all got PGA Tour wins, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I say God bless them, but uh, I'll stick to my my uh, vacation solo with <laughs> whoever. <laughs> That sounds like a good plan. So, you know, Willie, I uh, yeah. don't want to keep you for too long. Obviously, I know you're a busy guy, but I did want to uh, have the opportunity here to talk to a PGA Tour player about uh, something that's been in the news as of late, and this is the whole ball marking controversy that, of course, we saw, unfortunately, unfold with Lexi Thompson over in the LPGA at the ANA Inspiration a couple weeks ago. Um, obviously, you heard about that situation. What was your first you know, take or impression when you heard what happened, or, or did you actually see it on TV? Um, I didn't, I didn't see it. Um, but I definitely heard about it. And I mean, you definitely don't want the person that's carrying the torch for American female golf weeping as she goes down the fairway. Um, that put it, that was a, that was definitely a black eye on the LPGA tour. Um, but you know, in this, this cleaning you know, they started barking about, uh, Sergio's thing on 13 when he hit left and uh, stuff on Sunday at the Masters. I mean, it's uh, it's a bummer that you know you got people that are sitting behind their laptop watching that are uh, you know right can 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 affect the outcome of a golf tournament like that. She absolutely deserved to win, and uh, but I think she is um, she handled it handled it with such class that you know I think she'll get more money sponsorship money and people are going to love her even more as a result. But uh, yeah, it's a situation where there's a gray area. There's a few gray areas when it, on golf rules. She was only a foot from the hole. I highly doubt she was trying to gain an advantage of any way, of any kind. Um, so, you know, in that particular case, uh, you know, that was just a bummer that someone sitting at home could, you know, take a major championship out of her hands. I mean, that's madness. I can't believe that even exists. Um, but because uh, I'm pretty sure the, the other players are, you know, they're keeping an eye on each other because everybody's trying to get money. Um, you know, they're trying to have a career. But, uh I had something like that happen a few years ago, and I mean, it ruined my mental state for months. Um, I had, uh, it was in my rookie year in 2011 on the web, and I had this random dude say that he thought I moved my coin. It spread like wildfire. Everybody thought I was trying to pull something when I absolutely wasn't. And uh, I saw him last year in Japan. Was like, man, I must be pretty good at cheating, huh? Because <laughs> um, I, I haven't been, I haven't been caught since. So, and I played about a thousand times. Uh, it's just that gray area of uh i don't think they ever said cheat but uh right. you know it's just when it comes to entry points and the hazards and you know uh drop angles and all that stuff it's just kind of like that, that gray area needs to be uh noted because you know crap like that should happen more often honestly um mm -hmm. i'm surprised it doesn't you know, and one of the things that, uh, you know, obviously Phil Mickelson came out and he, he didn't necessarily throw anybody under the bus at the Masters, but he did say that he knows of some guys on tour that are a little bit more lax with marking their ball. You know, I, I don't see it as being a huge issue. I mean, I'm just a, a, an amateur player, and obviously if my ball comes to rest on a little dimple on the green, I know it's not to the letter of the law, but chances are I'm going to move it over a little bit so that it's not resting in yeah. a dimple. You know, do, do you feel that that kind of stuff happens on tour? And if so, is it really that big of a deal taking the rules of golf out of it? I mean, we're, you're not giving yourself that much of an advantage. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, I always, I'll move my mark and then like kind of fix it and, you know, whatever, make mm -hmm. it as smooth as, as physically possible. But yeah, I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird deal that, um, 
you know, that that came up and has become such a hot button issue because I've always I've always thought, man, this is this could potentially be sketchy. Um, and and but the one that bothers me the most is the uh, entry point of hazards. Uh, that's the one that really gets a lot of attention out here. Um, I I definitely am not. I mean, I'm I barely even know what I'm doing. I'm not I'm not paying attention to what other people are doing. Right. Um, so I mean, I just would never know something like that. Phil must be pretty focused on what his. I highly doubt he cares at all what his playing partners are doing. Um, you know, so there's some rumors out here. It's just like. You're not slipping one by anybody, um, at least in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I just hope I don't ever get called out on it because I'm absolutely not trying to pull anything. And, uh, you know, as, as long as it doesn't affect me directly or the outcome of any tournaments, I don't really care. Fair enough. So what time's your tea time tomorrow, and uh, what time should we tune in to uh, cheer you on? Uh, well, Thursday. Uh, it'll oh, right, be, Thursday. <laughs> um, I don't know when you post this podcast or what, but um, – if it's tomorrow, then my bad. No, um, no worries. But yeah, so uh, yeah, um, I go off at one forty with Kevin Strillman and Ricky Barnes. So they're a couple nice dudes. Um, I would say ninety percent of the guys out here are pretty nice guys. Um, but yeah, one forty off ten. Nice. So that that'll be that'll be sweet. I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm just actually starting to play pretty good, and I got a putter that's working. Nice. That's always something that's helpful. And Kevin Streelman, he's actually uh, from a hometown uh, near me in uh, uh, Wheaton, Illinois. So uh, that's that's awesome. Good yeah. guy out there. So yeah, his his caddy uh, is um, from Alabama, and I know him fairly well. So awesome, awesome. Well, Will, I really do appreciate you hopping on and taking a few minutes to chat. Uh, once again, folks, you can follow Will Wilcox on Twitter at Will Wilcox Golf. Will, I wish you nothing but the best this week at the Valero Texas Open, and hopefully we can do this again in the future. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Thanks for having me.